Failure is instructive. The person who really thinks learns quite as much from his failures as from his successes. This is a quote from the American philosopher, psychologist and educational reformer John Dewey. He sums up the importance of reflection in learning from our past actions and experiences. Hi, I'm Mark Warner and welcome to episode two of PM Lift, the podcast dedicated to elevating project management practice. Each episode of PM Lift provides a brief, focused summary on a key topic that affects our performance as effective project managers. Today we'll be talking about the importance of learning in helping improve the success of our future projects. In most aspects of life we are constantly learning. We develop new understanding, build experience, discover what works and what doesn't, and constantly strive to be better. This is also the case of project work. Every member of the team will identify things that they would do differently or ensure they repeat next time round. Without taking the time to reflect on our experiences, we may miss a significant number of other opportunities for learning. Our successes, failures and the challenges that we overcame can really help to bring our awareness to opportunities to learn and highlight areas for our own and our team's and organisation's development. So what do we mean by lessons learned? Well, it's not just the bad stuff that we want to consider here. The goal is to capture and distill the key pieces of knowledge and understanding that are gained from a team's experience whilst undertaking a piece of work. These lessons can come from elements that went well and need to be replicated on other projects in the future, or they can come from things that didn't go so well. When things don't go as well as we'd hoped, we have a greater opportunity for learning. This could be in the form of things that we need to look out for in future, the warning signs that we missed, or things that we tried that didn't work, so we don't want to waste time replicating these actions or behaviours next time a project hits a similar bump in the road. The learnings could also be from the satisfaction that we gained as we successfully overcame obstacles and events that jeopardised the project. So when should we seek to capture these learnings? Often lessons learned are thought of as something that you should do at the end of the project as part of the project closure phase. The lessons are then written up and filed away with the rest of the project documentation. Whether they're captured at the end of the project or at the end of the phase, there are still two significant drawbacks. Firstly, this isn't frequent enough to capture all of the potential learnings. And secondly, we need to take action on the learnings, not simply document them. We need to use them to drive change so that we can have lessons learned and not simply lessons documented. Let's look at how to address each of these in turn. We often forget that we all suffer from short-term amnesia. So we need to capture learnings as close to when they occur as possible, before we forget. This is one of the benefits of agile approaches such as Scrum, where retrospectives are conducted at the end of each sprint, which is typically every two to three weeks, This is great for the scrum teams involved as it gives them an opportunity to identify things that are holding them back and address them, as well as highlight things that are working well and identify why, so that they don't stop or change these behaviours in the future. By reflecting every two to three weeks, it means there's a better chance that people will remember what they learned and the context or situation that led to the learning. But what about projects involving more than one scrum team? Well, each scrum team would be going through a similar process of retrospectives and responding to their learnings every two to three weeks. That's great, but not as efficient as it could be. 
This is because each scrum team may be solving the same issue in different ways. Some of these will be more effective than others. These retrospectives don't automatically facilitate the sharing of learnings between the scrum teams or between projects. Sure, the learnings could be written up and shared amongst the team. That's a possible step forward. But it doesn't in and of itself solve the lessons documented versus lessons learned issue that I mentioned earlier. The online music service Spotify introduced the concept of an agile guild as a community of interest group where members of any team could contribute to this and help in sharing knowledge between teams working on different projects in a timely fashion. Such a model may work well in some organisations where there's a good fit with organisational culture. The key message is, don't wait to get feedback. Get feedback as close to the point in time that the learning was identified in order to improve the quality of the information available. People's memories fade. There is also value in recording feedback for which a solution has not yet been identified, as this can serve as a prompt for a later time to follow up on how the issue or opportunity was addressed and how effective the solution was. So, as an absolute minimum, we should be capturing and sharing learnings at the end of each phase of a project as well as at the end of the project. And for those using Agile, ensuring that we really do take the time to do a good job of capturing the feedback from the retrospectives and then sharing the relevant learnings with a wider audience so that it's not just the team that was directly involved. Ideally, we'd also provide a mechanism for learnings to be shared by any member of the team at any point in the project. This ad hoc suggestion box type approach can help to feed into lessons learned workshops by providing a prompt for topics that need to be discussed further. So how do we elicit learnings from our teams? Lessons learned sessions can be a formal affair overseen by a project management office or PMO, or they can be informal where the team members are given the opportunity and encouragement to reminisce about their time on the project. These workshops need to be handled well to ensure that it's not just the views of a dominant few that shape the learnings being captured. A key point to remember here is that we want to hear from everyone on the team, the junior and the senior people, permanent members of staff, contractors and external suppliers. Not everyone will want to share their points of view, especially publicly. So it's important to make space and cater for those team members who may not be comfortable sharing in a discussion group or workshop. Asking for their feedback beforehand can help by giving them the opportunity to speak one-on-one or to email their input ahead of the discussion with the larger group. Even the most vocal of team members would appreciate the opportunity to reflect and debrief ahead of the workshop. They can then come to the workshop better prepared to share their views on learning, successes and areas for improvement on future projects. Whilst we're on the topic of who should be included and ensuring all viewpoints are given the opportunity to be heard, it's worth highlighting that the project manager is not the best person to run these workshops especially the end phase and end of project workshops. The project manager's viewpoints should be sought and would certainly be valuable. However, they represent just one perspective and the rest of the team could have very differing points of view. It is essential to capture different views on the learnings and this can be difficult to do effectively if the workshop facilitator is not impartial. Clearly, few of us have access to dedicated workshop facilitators ready to lead such lessons learned review sessions. However, most will have colleagues working on other projects within the same organisation. 
asking a fellow project manager, business analyst, or member of another team to facilitate the workshop on your project can help bring a degree of impartiality into the workshop discussion and improve the chances that people feel more able to contribute and really feel like they're being listened to. If you are really looking forward to running the workshop yourself, then don't worry. The other project team will more than likely come and ask you to facilitate their workshop in return. So what learning should we capture? When booking in a lessons learned workshop, or even an agile end of sprint retrospective, it's imperative that we help our teams to reflect on their recent experiences within the project. Not everyone finds reflection easy, especially if they need to reflect on their own contributions and involvement. Give them some guidance on what they should spend time thinking about ahead of the workshop. It's important to remember that we're not just looking for lists of things that went wrong. It's not an exercise on identifying all the bad stuff in the project. Sure, we need to learn from things that went wrong or didn't go as well as they could have so that we can improve. But it's equally important that we capture the things that went well and why they went well. This has three benefits. It allows these good behaviours, processes and approaches to be replicated on other projects and helps shape best practice for future project teams. It also allows people to be recognised and acknowledged for their contributions, their good ideas, creative solutions and work that led to a positive outcome. Finally, when the team see that the workshop has a positive focus, then it helps them to feel more comfortable and confident contributing into the process. This in turn leads to more useful lessons learned workshops. And whilst we're on the topic of ensuring a positive focus for the workshop, a key piece of advice which we all implicitly know, but don't always follow, is that we should publicly praise and privately deliver feedback about underperformance. Keep the workshop session and all documentation focused on events, responses and behaviours, and not about individuals. If a team member needs to be talked to about something they did or didn't do that negatively impacted the project or their colleagues in some way, then have this discussion in private and involve their line manager as appropriate. The lessons learned session is not the forum for discussing individual performance issues or assigning blame for things that didn't go as planned. Some useful questions to get the team reflecting on their experience of the project are what worked well and why? What did not work well and why? And what could we have done to improve the outcomes? For each of these what worked well and what didn't work well items, dig into them deeper within the workshop by exploring what happened and when, what triggered the event, the issue or the opportunity, review the initial risk assessments, what wasn't anticipated or was wrongly rated or responded to what procedures were followed, and were they useful? How appropriate and effective were any mandated reviews and control points? What tools and techniques were used, and again, were they helpful? Were the right people involved? Who should have been involved that wasn't? Were stakeholder communications right in terms of quality, timeliness, method, content, people, etc.? What should we watch out for in future projects? In other words, what are the early warning signs? The responses to these questions will point to specific lessons that need to be learned from. 
These could range from simply making future project teams aware of a situation to keep a watchful eye out in case they appear on the horizon, through to implementing changes to policies and procedures that project teams are expected to adhere to. Great, so we've now got a collection of lessons learned from throughout our various projects, and now what do we do with them? Ideally, we should capture as much information about the discussions during the workshop. However, this tends to result in a report that gets filed with the project documentation and then never read. Recipients of the report will oftentimes leave it languishing in their email inbox as a lonely relic of the past as they battle with today's issues, even though the content of the report could actually be very helpful to them in solving today's issues. In order to address the second issue identified earlier in this episode, we need to move from lessons documented to lessons learned. Simply minuting the meeting in a document is therefore not sufficient. It needs to be actionable and it needs to be accessible. Even the best intentions, we will never address every issue or good idea that surfaces during a lessons learned workshop. And therefore it's important to triage and prioritize at the end of the session. By focusing on the learnings that deliver the most benefit to future projects, we can incrementally drive real improvements. Even if we achieve just one improvement, then that lessons learned process will have been worthwhile. So what's your team's one thing? Produce an accessible summary for the lessons learned. This could be in the form of a summary presentation, email or one page document. And the key here is that it's brief and that it's provided to the rest of the organization or the department. It could be in the form of entries in a lessons learned repository that the team members can explore or could be in a continually updated FAQ held on the organization's intranet. Provide a list of action items to the PMO or the appropriate groups so that they can be incorporated into future processes, procedures, and checklists. The key is that it needs to be accessible, and this will differ by organizational culture. However you choose to share the lessons learned, it's important to be consistent with the approach used by other teams. Always ask yourself, how would someone find this information in a year's time? When writing up summaries of the key learnings, ensure that common terminology that would be understood by the wider audience and not just the team involved in the project is used. Think about whether a new employee, unfamiliar with the organization's project's history, would be able to make use of this information. The summary should provide a roadmap of potential future impediments that projects could face and should give guidance on how to avoid them or handle them effectively. Focus on the events, the triggers, and any warning signs that were identified during reflection. Outline what worked and what didn't so that others can benefit from this insight. And be sure to indicate the stage in the project that the learning event occurred. Finally, and this isn't always easy to do, when documenting the learnings, be sure not to include just the views that match your own opinions and impressions. Capture the different points of view that different members of the team may have had due to the vantage point that they held. In summary, as project teams and as individuals, we are constantly learning and improving. And through reflection on our past actions and activities, we can learn to improve and develop. Through reflection on the past and our actions, we can learn to improve and develop 
in order to have even more positive outcomes in the future. Through sharing what we learn, we can help others to benefit from our experiences, be they positive or not as good as we'd have liked. Identifying the events, the thinking and the actions that led to the successes or difficulties becomes harder with the passage of time. Therefore, lessons need to be captured and recorded for future reference if they are to be remembered. Our memories are not as great as we would like to believe. It is therefore imperative that learnings be captured as close to the point in time in which they occur. This valuable learning from past experiences must be codified and turned into action items that get embodied in the organisation's project management processes and systems. The goal of all lessons learned activities is to help future projects and teams to be more successful. We need to encourage proactive reflection throughout the project and not just at the end of a project or phase. We must also ensure that this does not become simply an exercise in generating lessons documented. Change and improvement must come from making use of these experiences so that we do indeed benefit from the lessons we and others have learned. I'm Mark Warner and you've been listening to PM Lift, the podcast dedicated to elevating project management practice. Please join me again for the next episode of PM Lift where we will look at the key element in effective project communication that is often poorly implemented. Meetings. We'll learn how to run and participate in meetings more effectively and learn some tips that will make our and our meeting attendees' experiences much better. For more information about PM Lift or to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit www.pmlift.co.uk. Thank you.